Welcome to the Ramp Church Podcast. We are so honoured that you've joined us today and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website ramp.church forward slash mcr or find us on social media. Now let's head straight into this week's message. I'm excited to have a conversation, Stace. Um, We've been having some of my favorite messages, I think, in the history of Ramp Church Mm -hmm. have happened in this series. And so I'd love, if you could, in just a second, to recap some of those messages. Yes. But before we get there, just to kind of frame this moment, we, we took... Um, we took the week off from our ramp communities, pushed it back mm-hmm. this week. And so it's provided us a neat opportunity here for us to have a conversation for Stace and I to reflect on some of the material that we've covered in the missional life so far. And then this Wednesday in our normal communities time, we're going to pick up on the design, designing your life that I, that I preached on last week. So if you missed that message Ramp Church, I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. It, it wasn't. I think so. Well, yeah. it, for me, it, it is um, a huge, I think, passion point for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a growth point for us uh, at, at Ramp Church as a community. So it's really essential that you go back and listen to that. Maybe even give it a listen a couple times. I've listened through it again, and I, I'm the one who preached it. So you know what I mean? I'm trying to get these truths in me as yeah. well. But... Um, so this is a cool opportunity for us to reflect. Yeah, why don't I go, go through and I'll read some of what we've talked about on Sundays. And yeah. maybe if you're watching, um, you're watching this and you want to put in the chat any of these messages as I read them out that really um, spoke to you specifically, maybe more than the others, and just drop that and say, oh, you know, that, that really got me, that message, or I'm still chewing on that. And let us know. We want to hear from you, Ramp Church. And what about this chapter has, um, has impacted you the most? So we've talked about, the first one was about this may be bigger than you think, which was understanding just how immersive the call of God is. Yeah. Um, we talked about love is missional, how God's love is gets in us, rocks our world, and then just compels us to do life a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about with Pastor Danny Murphy. He came and he spoke about the Holy Spirit, and his message was under the influence. And we talked about the, the equipping, the dunamis power, and being just completely spirit-led, spirit-immersed, and how the Holy Spirit is our helper in mission. We talked about prayer, the necessity of prayer, praying for the harvest, and how prayer fuels mission and empowers mission. And we had Pastor Judah Cole from um, Open Wells in Liverpool, and he spoke with us on evangelism and being outward focused, um, creating space in our just everyday life to really tune in to the people that were passing by. And then, Joe, you shared with us on um, God's heart for the poor and the oppressed on a message about justice how that ties in with, the, with God's mission. Uh, Pastor Karen spoke a word called do it now, and that was really powerful. Um, and I encourage you guys, if you've missed some of these messages, I feel like this season is really important for us to all get on the same page about why God has brought us. Some of you have been serving God for decades, but this is Ramp Churches new. And some of this is about calibrating all of us together to what the mission of God is for us. Uh, We talked about hospitality and combating loneliness with hospitality. And then last week you spoke on designing your life 
And then we've got one more um, in this chapter coming next Sunday. So Joe, out of those, kind of what, what truths or um, what have most impacted you personally? Yeah. And I'm going to throw in a couple other questions at the same time so you can okay. pick which one you want to okay. answer. Okay. Okay. You know, why, why, why have you as pastor, as, as we've chatted, why do we feel this message is for Ramp Church right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel for us, there's this idea um, of missions as maybe a trip that I do. You know, I take a missions trip or maybe there's a project, a mission in my city that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. But the idea of expanding mission to include all of life is uh, maybe a new idea to us. But what I have discovered through studying the Word and, and, and the lives of, of many Christians through the centuries is that that's not a new concept to Christianity. Mm -hmm. It actually is the essence of what it means to be a Jesus follower, is that I, is that I don't see mission as as a week and a half I take to, you know, to travel to a, country, a developing nation right. and, and minister to people there. Um, or, or unreached people, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's, it's, it's the way I view my life. Mm. And what I, the reason I think that is just really important for us, especially in the West, in the modern world, is because I feel like we segment our lives. And I spoke about this in, in Designing Your Life. Our lives are often just broken up into different categories, and faith is just one category. And so what does that look like practically? It feels like 98% of my life is irrelevant to my faith. It's like what I do inside the walls of the church, that matters. Mm -hmm. What I do on the, missions on, the, on the missions field, that matters to the kingdom. But the other 98% of my life, my work life, my family life, my mm -hmm. entertainment life, my relational life, where does all that fit into yeah. what God's doing in the earth? And so for me, this chapter is not something that we enter as a church family and learn some great teachings and move on to the next thing. I think this is more about a reorienting the way we view church, the way we view community, the way we view our own life, the way I view work, the way I view... And so in that sense... It's a, it's a fresh start at all of those things. Mm. It's, it's a new journey. And um, it's not that I've quit my job and, and started a new job. That's almost the old mentality. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's segmented life. I'm mm -hmm. either working for mm -hmm. God or I'm mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. I'm either doing godly things or I'm not. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a different mentality. It's seeing all of my life as with the potential to join God in his work in the earth. Mm -hmm. And... If I, can, if I can get on that journey with God, if I can first have eyes to see, but then the ability to, to join in what he's doing, then all of my life becomes worship. Mm -hmm. It becomes a missional activity. It becomes an act of justice. It becomes an expression of compassion and love. It becomes an opportunity to restore relationships that have been broken. All of my life is now a platform for the mission of God. I'm exercising missional living day in yeah. and day out. So this is, a, this is a new way to see our lives. It's yeah. not something we, we visit and then right. leave. Yeah. So for me, that's what's most excited me about this series. Mm. And I think it's what is ultimately essential for us. That's good. Church. And that makes me think kind of, 
it's, it's not just about not um, compartmentalizing our lives, yeah. but it's about um, yeah, breaking down kind of those segments of our lives so that we can raise expectation wow. in every area of life. Because yes. sometimes we think, well, I expect God to encounter me when I am at church on Sunday. <laughs> but Monday, 3 p.m., God has left and I <laughs> yeah. am alone. And, and why do we want this whole life um, this whole life immersed in the mission of God. We want faith and expectation yeah. that God is moving. Yes. Just as much when you're changing your baby's diaper and you're alone in your house or you're having um, an intense conflict resolution, you know, conversation with a family member mm -hmm. or a workmate. Let's raise our faith and expectation. Let's break down those divides saying, well, this is a sacred activity and this is me being human, you know, and let's see our whole life as sacred so that faith is coming from every aspect of my life. Yeah. There's an expectation that God is just as just as much moving in my leisure time, yes. in my rest time, yes. as you know, in the heavy 21 days of prayer and fasting that Ramp Church may do. Right. And let's fill our life in every compartment yes. with expectation that God can get through this and God is in this. Yeah, you, you know, when we look back, um, gosh, it's, it's over 10 years ago, isn't it? T t 12, 13 years ago, what's now called the Great Recession where, you know, 2008, 2009, there was just an economic crash um, that affected the global economy. Well, I feel like we have had um, what I would call the great reduction in Christianity, and mm. it's affected our faith lives. Mm. It's affected the effectiveness of the church, mm -hmm. and, and the great reduction looks like we have reduced these, we've reduced the life of faith that's meant to permeate every area, every corner, every line of our life. And we've reduced it down to conversion. We've reduced it down to a decision I make at one point in time mm -hmm. where I invite Jesus into my heart. And I'm, that, there's, there's biblical context for that, but that means in that moment different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, I move on and my eternity is secure, but the way that affects my, my now, I, I really, I'm really not sure. Mm. I know that God wants me to be a good person. And yeah. oftentimes that's kind of where it ends. Shouldn't cheat on my taxes, I shouldn't cheat on my wife, I shouldn't, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I shouldn't abuse my kids, I need to be a good person. But what, what does that have to do with the rest of my life in, in shaping the way I see all of these things. Sometimes there's, there's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is why this, this chapter, this series is essential mm. for us at Ramp Church because it is attempting to connect those dots. Mm -hmm. What does it look like now for, for me to even view mm -hmm. my life in totality and yeah. how my faith affects that and shapes yeah. that. And I think also for us as a community, future chapters that we speak about, I think are gonna, are gonna file into this in a great, this is foundational in many ways because when we start to talk about family and marriage, when we have a chapter on family and marriage in the future, which I'm already started stirring about that some in the future, so I can't wait to talk about some of that content. We now have a place for that in our mind. I know where does that fit? It's not just, I need to be a good person. No, there's a missional element mm. to having a strong marriage. There's a missional element yeah. to having a strong family. But 
something that's been on, on our heart, yours and my heart, that we really haven't even touched on this series yet is how to even sustain a missional life. And I would love to talk about that a bit. Mm-hmm. How to bring this yeah. idea of, of refreshing in. And, yes. You and, know, before we go to that, when you're just talking about marriage and family and, you know, this whole immersive, every part of your life, immersed in the mission of God, I was thinking about how... And when we were invited to follow Jesus, we're invited into this relationship, this restored covenant with God. Yeah. This heavy weight, like amazing invitation to now be in this committed covenant relationship with God Almighty through Christ. And Jesus gave us all access to him. He, he didn't hold anything back. He says, Stacy, I want to be involved in your life. I want, to, I want to help you with your parenting. I want to help you with your finances. I want to help you with your work. I want to help you with your purpose. I want to help you with your heart. And he wants to be involved in anything that I let him be involved in. Yes, yeah, so and, good. And then this relationship, just if you think of about two people in a relationship, if you and I are getting to know each other and we are embarking on a relationship together, but I have no fly zones and yeah. you have no fly yeah. zones, then that hinders our ability to connect genuinely with each other. And when people are approaching God and they're trying to think, well, why does God have to have everything? Why does God need to have access to my finances? Well, could you imagine me coming to Joe and say, I am willing to be in a relationship with you, but I want you to know that I will make all the parenting decisions and I will have all the the financial say. Well, anybody on the outside would say, hmm, hmm, that's a head scratcher. I mean, ask any marriage counselor, how's that going to go down over the decades? You yeah. know, there, there's not transparency. There's not shared ownership. There's not, not trust. There's not trust. Yeah, there's not an ability to unite in that area where, where there's a union and yeah. there's agreement, there's greater capacity for joy and, and there's greater capacity for glory as well. Yeah. So I think... Gosh, that's such such a great point. And if we were, t- if I was to get a bit personal here, Ramp Church, like, how has this series, besides um, the beauty of the teaching and how compelling it is, how has this personally affected me? And there's several ways, but one way that pertains to what you're saying is, I have been hit. I've been struck with how much of our faith life is not optional. How much, um, it's just, it's amazing the way we frame Christianity sometimes. We almost frame it as if, let me just speak for myself, I invented it. And I get to choose what goes. on your terms. Yeah, I get get to choose what fits into Christianity and what doesn't. and, And so when we reduce the great reduction, when we reduce Christianity down to a decision, when we reduce it down to one prayer I prayed, when we reduce it down to simply a belief system, and it doesn't come into practices in my life, and it doesn't come into the, into the behaviors that I have, or even thought patterns. When I reduce it, now I get to decide all the rest of my life. I make this, I call the shots. Mm-hmm. I make the decisions yeah. on that. And it's funny, it's funny how in, in those moments, and sometimes it's not quite that overt, sometimes it's, it's kind of discreet inside my own heart where it's kind of hidden there. But this has been exposed in many ways and fresh ways through this, through this content. But sometimes when, when we believe that, we're missing like the audacity of like that stance. Like I get to choose what Christianity looks like. Yeah. Missing the fact that I think the founder of Christianity, Jesus himself, God himself actually gets to determine 
what the faith of a Christian should look like and right. what the life of a Christian should look like. I, it's it's yeah. not it's not like an a la carte menu at a at a at a restaurant where, hey, can I can I exchange that side? I'll take that entree, but can mm. I change that? I don't mm-hmm. like that. I don't like that. I want all different sides. It isn't like that. It's yeah. predetermined what it looks like, and what Jesus says many times in his messages: count the cost, mm-hmm. look at it for what it is, and say yes to that or don't. Mm-hmm. And I've been faced with that. And I, now I've, I've been a believer for years. Yeah. But we're all, we, we always bring, bring ourselves back to the, that gospel message and go, is this the message that I want to embrace again in this season mm-hmm. with the circumstances in my life now, yeah. with the kids that, with my kids the age they are now, with my financial yeah. condition where it is now, you know? Yes. God, help me to live this in a fresh way and commit to this in a fresh way. I think that's a part of our maturity um, as our growth process is, is we come to God and we have a, maybe all these hidden agendas. We come to Jesus and we're like, Jesus is going to get me a spouse. Jesus is going to get me a promotion. Jesus is going to heal me of all disease. And we come with all these hidden agendas and we come with these subconscious conditions. Yeah. And Jesus welcomes us. And then as he grows us, the Holy Spirit then begins to untangle our commitment wow. from those subconscious conditions. Yeah. And he wants us to then trust him and follow him without the list of, I will follow you, but Lord, this is my condition. Wow. I will follow you, Lord, but remember this ambition that I have. Remember this agenda. And it's, it's this continual process. There's not a time in our life where we are completely, we are, the, the work of sanctification is the Holy Spirit putting his finger on and bringing to light those conditions yeah. and enabling us then to respond with this wholehearted yes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the conditions are, Lord, I will follow you, but I need to know more about everything that's going to happen, where you're going to take me, what the details are. Well, God doesn't disclose details like that to anybody. I mean, he never never gave everybody all the details before they said yes to him. And so sometimes it's this knowledge. We've got to know, no, 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 everything before we commit. Or sometimes it's like fulfilled desires. Lord, you need to answer these prayers. You need to prove yourself. And and the Lord, I think, in this missional life, he's saying, trust me and untangle your heart from these, um, these subconscious agreements that you've asked me to negotiate. It's God, it's God on his terms. Yeah. It's not God on our terms. Oh, it's beautiful. And that's, that's good news because Lord, look at humanity. Yes. Humanity is humans running it on human terms. I mean, who wants to do that all over again? You know, it's, it's, what, it's what Israel says. He says, Israel says to God, says, other people have ruled over us. And Lord, yeah, we served other gods, but it didn't work very well. And so now we're coming back to you and we won't even utter the lips of those idols. Mm. So it's this wholehearted trust, this wholehearted following that we're journeying on together. Yeah, That's, it's brilliant. I, I just want to mention one thing as, as we kind of finish that thought and move on to the, to the next thing. And this ties into something I spoke about uh, last Sunday on designing your life, and it was—it's from the philosopher Josiah Royce, which I quoted when he was diagnosing, even from a secular perspective, that the disconnect all of us feel as humans between our exterior life and our interior life, and how we long to have this holistic life. And he gives from a secular perspective the idea on what it looks like to have that completely unified. And he describes that unity like this. He, he, he says this unity is only furnished to us through what he calls loyalty. And maybe we would call that commitment or covenant with God where we're fully 
giving our life to God. It, it, he says this, which finds the inner self intensified and exalted even by the very act of outward looking and upward looking, he calls it. Isn't that amazing as a mm -hmm. secular philosopher? Of service and obedience, loyalty, which knows its eyes and its tongue to be never so much and so proudly its own as when it earnestly insists that it can neither see nor speak except the cause demands loyalty which is most full of life at the instant when it when it is most ready to become weary or even to perish in the act of devotion such loyalty unites private passion and outward conformity in one life and what is he talking about he's saying how the human soul ultimately craves that deep commitment that deep devotion mm where my outward life, my, my, com my commitments, my decisions are pointed in one way that even at times costs me something. Mm. But the benefit that I receive by that union with an exterior commitment of devotion is, is so beneficial to my soul mm. that it outweighs anything that it costs me. Good. And I think there's something about this missional life this devotion that it's calling us to, this commitment, this loyalty that is, that is loyal to something beyond ourselves that is actually deeply satisfying. Here's, here's what I think is beautiful about this Ramp Church. I believe that in itself is missional to the world around us. It's, it's intriguing, it's attractive to the world around us because they taste in it a vibrancy, a color, that makes the rest of the world seem dull mm. and black mm -hmm. and white. Good. When you meet somebody who's fully given to something, yeah. there's just a taste about their yeah. life. There's a flavor. It's like, it's like eating, uh, it's like eating a, a, a spicy curry in a world of beans and rice. I mean, that's kind of what it takes. You know, it just the come senses alive. come alive, and that's what I want people to experience when they come into Ramp Church, when they meet you, when they when they come yeah. into our community. There's a vibrancy to our life. That, that's intriguing to them because it is man and woman and family and children fully alive. Mm. Fully alive that's in good. purpose, fully alive in devotion to God, fully alive in devotion yeah. one to another. Yep. And that is the missional life. It isn't this drab, routine, uh, robotic sure. obedience to you know compliance with some God, some God who's distant from us. It's a life that's fully alive yeah. with vibrancy and color and, and it's dynamic yeah. and, and beautiful, so exciting. Yes. So. Well, I think for the last few minutes, I just want to share, and you can interrupt me when you want, yeah. about um, finding strength and refreshing in the missional life. You know, sometimes, I know that had a bit of a naive assumption. It's like once I give God my all, it's just going to be like roll off the red carpet. Stacy's fulfilling the call of God and all opposition is eliminated and she's endowed with supernatural strength, which yes, I am. But that would eliminate any form of weariness or discouragement. <laughs> and and um, that's a harsh awakening to realize, you know, when you read what, what the apostles endured, fulfilling the will of God, living missional life. Take Paul, for example. I mean, if anybody was all in living a missional life, it was Paul. But yet he talks about sleepless nights. He talks about um, being Shipwreck. weighed down. He says, even, even the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is my, you know, he, so he, it's not this, once you start in the, um, um, the missional life, any sort of negative feeling is erased from your life. 
You're not, it, it's not that. It's you're human and you have this joy. You've got this cup of joy and you've got this cup of suffering. And it's this glory and this suffering that you are walking with here on earth. And so how do you, as you move forward in this missional life, living wholeheartedly, how do you stay strong? When, how do you strengthen yourself when you're weak? How do you refresh yourself when you feel dry? And I think the first thing is just to, in some, in, in some cultures, at least in some of our backgrounds, we need to be okay with the fact that we will be weary and discouraged at times. Mm. And we don't need to be thrown off by that. Yep. We don't need to cause like a bigger storm by just acknowledging that, oh, I'm discouraged or it's I'm really tired, good. I'm weary. Sometimes we feel shame by right. the fact that I'm discouraged. Right. It's like you I'm feel discouraged. This expectation. And now it's like, yeah. oh, I shouldn't be discouraged. If I was living the mission yes. of life, if I was being the person God called me to be, then I wouldn't be discouraged at all. Sometimes now we had shame on top of discouragement. Right. You sometimes have this um, you know, this this view, well, Christians should always be happy and they should always have lots of energy and they should always, <laughs> you know, have loads of power because the Holy Spirit is in them and they never but, feel anger. They right. never yeah. and they never want to quit. And they're and and that that's very dangerous actually to think that way. Um, Paul says it this way, we are just a fragile clay pot. Wow. We are a fragile clay vessel, this Thanks, earthen vessel, this earthen vessel, yeah. this fragile earthen vessel filled with power, yes, but in this fragile earthen vessel. So when we are discouraged, when we are weary, when we are struggling, when we are weighed down, first, we're not going to shame ourselves for that. Very we're going to come into the presence of God and we're going to strengthen ourselves there in the Lord. Yeah. And I think there's three ways, Ramp Church, that as you, are as you are embracing the missional life, there's these three go-tos that I have when I'm feeling weary, when I'm feeling discouraged. The first is I know I can go directly into God's presence. God promises all throughout this word to fill the empty, to strengthen the weary. And as simple as that sounds, you have to clear and be intentional about receiving from God. You have to make the time and the space. You have to turn down the noise. You have to make that a discipline. That's what we call spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines is like we turn on the tap. It's what we do to turn on the tap, but God releases the water. And God's presence will come to strengthen us and refill us. And that isn't just something like you do seasonally. That's an everyday rhythm. Yeah. Receiving from God, posturing yourself there. to Because he has loads of promises. For time's sake, we won't read them all. About him being the God who refreshes the weary. Just read some. Read, okay. Please. I need them. Okay, I'll read these for you. <laughs> Uh, first of all, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Wow. Jeremiah 31, 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus with the woman at the well says, Those who come to me, that in them I will put water that will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And that water is the life of the Spirit that brings refreshing to us, uh, sustains us. Isaiah 58, which we've read a lot in this chapter. You know, Israel's going vertical with God, and then God challenges Israel to start going horizontal and reaching out in yes. mission. And then the promise that God gives to Israel as they are extending themselves, as they are spending themselves on behalf of others, is He says, I will guide you continually giving you water when you are dry. Not saying, I will never allow you to experience dryness. Mm. 
He doesn't promise that. He says, I will give you water when you are dry. It's amazing. I will give you water when you are dry and good. restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Isaiah 40, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So we see this posture of God where he's not shaming the weak. He's not shaming the discouraged. He's not angry with the empty. He comes to fill and strengthen. Amazing. And he has promised us that. So what's the, what's the disconnect then? What's the disconnect between my weariness and discouragement and these promises of God? Do you want to ch- chat about that? Any? <laughs> yeah, I would love to talk about that. Just hit that briefly and then we'll go into repentance, which I know you wanted to chat about as well. I, I, I think the disconnect for me, um, and again, I can start with my personal life here. There, I think there are so many different if we want to continue that metaphor of, of, of water, of being filled, um, I think uh, there are many different wells that, that I drink from. Definitely what you've already mentioned, the this, this spiritual disciplines, as they're often called. Mm. Sometimes that, the word discipline has such a bad rap. Uh, I don't know if it translates properly because it sounds like something I have to do and something that, instead of something that brings me great benefit. Mm. If, uh, it would be like this, if I called lunch a spiritual discipline, a physical discipline, I'm mm. like, you need to have a physical discipline of eating yeah. every day. People would be confused by, by that connection. Yeah. But we, we understand if I don't eat, I'm going to be weak. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna have enough energy, I'm not gonna have enough uh, clarity in yeah. my mind and I'm gonna be lethargic, I probably won't make it through the day. Um, I'm gonna start falling asleep about three o'clock, you know, at, the, at my desk, yeah, at the yeah. office, whatever it is. But we're not just a physical body, we, we have a soul. There's, there's, there's emotions in here. There's, yes. there's also um, an intangible uh, aspect to, to who we are. There's a spiritual dynamic and connecting with God and um, uh, allows us to refuel in our spirit. So the discipline is about prioritizing um, time away, mm-hmm. time away to be able to recharge. So that's, mm-hmm. to me, that yeah. is essential. It's got to be in every believer's life. Yeah. It's got to be. Um, I would say it's got to be in every human's life. Yes. So even if you're not even a person of faith and you're watching, maybe you're exploring faith, Start there. Start mm-hmm. by just creating space in your life where what you're focusing on is not determined by the outside world. Yeah. But you're creating space to get yes. alone. And God's going to speak into that And space. can I challenge us? Like, I feel like one of the greatest challenges for me in that space, um, even throughout the day, if I've got like a 10-minute break, I've got a 15-minute little window, I'm sitting in the car waiting on one of the kids, is to put this away. <laughs> Oh my gosh, today, this, this morning even, in my time with God, it was like the devil was in my room. and I was, You got to get it out. You got to shut the door and keep out the devil. Sometimes it is that simple of eliminating this distraction. Yeah. Uh, whatever your distraction may be, that go-to distraction and yeah. saying, you will shut up, you will not speak right now, and I will not look at you, and I will focus my attention to receive from the Lord. I think that's where the word discipline comes from in that phrase, spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. is... It does take discipline 
to keep some things out of that space. Right, yes. And that's where I think maybe that word is helpful, but it's really about those rhythms, what John Tyson calls sacred rhythms. Mm. Many thinkers, Christian yeah. thinkers, call them sacred rhythms and keeping us out of that, keeping us out of these um, these rhythms that would destroy us mm, mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. that are too much, but also out of complacency and apathy. Some of us live lazy lives. We, our lives aren't full enough. Right. And so sacred rhythms keep us in that place where we feel challenged by God, motivated by God, inspired by God, refilled by God, rest in, yep. in reflection. But community is a huge one. Community yes. is that space where I can walk in and it's like other people's faith, other people's energy, yes. other people's encouragement yep. gives me something that I don't have without them. I don't have without you, Ram Church. After our in-person gathering Sunday night, I felt on top of the world. Mm. It's like we're going home and it's late at night, but I'm just energized. Why? Because I was around community. I was in the presence of God. We're worshiping yes. together. Yep. That, so I felt full. Yes where I would normally feel empty. What happened? I must have come across a well. It's mm, good. That's like so many times that if you're reading in the New Testament and Paul and the apostles, you know, they're living this missional <clears throat> life, you'll come across these phrases where Paul describes how he was refreshed by the appearance of Titus or by Timothy. And, wow. And I want to read some of those verses to you, Ramp Church, because I really feel in our culture, in our city, I know we harp on this a lot. I feel like isolation is one of the biggest hindrances to our walks with God is our isolation. Yeah. And sometimes isolation is not just hiding. Sometimes isolation is this mentality. I want to get a handle on my issue before I talk to other people about it. Wow. And that is, that is just as, um, well, that's not vulnerability. And if there's not honesty, even in your prayer life, which is what repentance is really, yeah. if you're not being honest with God, then you will probably be bored and weary of your time with God. Yeah. You have to be able to be honest with each other. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7, by all this we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit was refreshed by you all. Hmm. His spirit, Titus's spirit man, was refreshed by the other apostles, by the other believers. And then that made Paul happy and refreshed him <laughs> to see Titus refreshed. So it was a little chain reaction of refreshment. And then listen to um, Romans 15, verse 30, Paul again saying, um, join me in my struggle by praying. And he says, pray that I can come to you. I want to come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. And sometimes we are unnecessarily weary, unnecessarily dry. Yes. It's because we live these isolated lives. First uh, Timothy 1.16, he often um, refreshed me. He's talking about a fellow co-worker in Christ. He often refreshed me, Paul said. Very good. He's not ashamed of my chains. <clears throat> so I want to emphasize, yes, the, um, the honesty you know, being honest in our relationships, being honest in God's presence. That's what repentance is, right? Repentance is a bit of honesty. And God promises in Isaiah 57, he's there to revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Mm. He revives the hearts of those who can come in honestly into his presence and repent. And even in the Acts 3, Peter is saying, repent so that times of refreshing may come. Would you have anything to add to kind of these three? These are the three areas that we're talking about refreshing and strength coming to you, coming to you from God. He promises to strengthen you, to refresh you, you accessing that. And then through other believers, but then also through repentance. Yeah, I think Stacy and I were, were talking through, you know, what's, 
what's been something that we have walked through and God's even led us into through this series. Uh, repentance is one of those things for me personally that God has really emphasized mm. through this season. And if we, uh, again, let's t- going back to the great reduction. If we reduce repentance in our Christian life and our walk with God down to um, saying, I'm sorry, we're missing a massive element of what it is. Mm. Of course, it includes sorrow mm-hmm. for my shortcomings and my failures. It absolutely includes that. But in many ways, that's just my part. Mm. There's also a God element where I grant God, um, I grant God my sorrow, He grants me His repentance. It's, it's kind of like, it's, 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 that's a, a bit of an oversimplification, but it is a relational activity, and it's also a renewal activity. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't simply wiping my slate clean. Mm-hmm. That I say I'm sorry, God goes, hey, n- no problem, buddy. Uh, you know, do better next time. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiven and forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's it's bigger than that. It's an invitation to God's involvement into my life, and God's involvement looks like Romans 12, which is the renewal of my mind, mm. so that I may walk in God's will. It's mm, good. That's what repentance is. And so even if you look at your journey in the missional life to go, man, I'm having failures, I'm getting discouraged, I screwed up you know, my relationship with, with a coworker or a spouse or, a, or my mm-hmm. child or my parents, whoever. You know, I, I had a failure and the answer to that is not to just try harder. It's not just to read the Bible more. It's not just to, to, to fast. Repentance is yeah. a huge element of that. And, and again, let's not reduce it. That's not just saying sorry and really, really, really meaning it this yeah. time. Yeah. There's, it's, it's an invitation from God to be involved. What's the answer to that? God, renew my mind so that I can see that same relationship or situation from your perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's that the reason I had a failure shortcoming there is because I have not been completely remade into the person you've called me to be. Mm-hmm. So renew my mind so that I can become the, the, the me you see when you created me, when you breathed me into existence. Yeah. That's the mind renewal. And the mind renewal, the doorway to that is repentance. It's recognizing God's truth. What's he revealed is his perfect will for my life. We've just spent a whole chapter talking about Mm -hmm. it, the missional life. Mm -hmm. Where have I fallen short of that vision? And the Bible word for that is sin. Mm I've fallen short of God's standard. Mm. I've fallen mm. short of his vision. I've fallen short of his ways. I've fallen short of his will. I've fallen short of who I should be in other people's lives. Yeah. I've, I have, there is a gap yep. between who I'm supposed to be and the me I am. Mm. And th- that kind of recognition has a bad rap in our society. We go, no, yeah. you're fine the way you are. No, there's something in us nagging us to go, I should be more. The Christian vision is you don't stop there. You submit that gap to God. Mm. And through that gap, that becomes a gap not where you not you that you feel with shame 
or disappointment, but you fill with the presence of God. Amen. The gap is filled by Jesus who walks with you, the Holy Spirit, who Jesus said will never leave you. He will walk beside you. He'll lead you into all truth. Amen. And then Paul declares what he does. He renews our mind. Yeah. He remakes us into the us we're called to be. That's what fills that gap. But he can't fill the gap that I don't acknowledge. Mm. That's where repentance comes in. Mm. If I'm willing to admit the fact that there is a standard and I haven't met it, we have eliminated the space mm. that, God, that mm. God says I will right. fill in our lives. Yep. The step one is to recognize there's a gap. Right, and, and your that, part in it. And, and, and my part in creating I think, that gap. I think what's refreshing actually about repentance, why refreshing comes in repentance, is because the culture and our own default is we, we are always blaming other people for that gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And repentance is you own it. Yeah. You own it's my you're life. Junk. It's my life. And you stop, you know, you, you stop in repentance. You're, you're releasing other people. You're releasing the control you have, you think you have over other people, blaming them for whatever it is. And you are there naked before God. And you are owning that. And in that truth, in that transparency, God comes and meets you there and fills that gap and empowers you. Yes. I love that, it's so good, Joe. Absolutely, I think, so for me, that's been one of the most life-giving aspects of this. And again, mm. if we fill that moment, if we fill the idea of repentance with shame, we're missing the invitation. I'm not saying it's easy or it's comfortable. It's yeah. very uncomfortable to see where I fall short. My least favorite conversations sure. between you and I are when I go, hun, how can I do better? Yeah, you don't like those. You don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> and you're real with me about it. I hate it. I hate those I things. don't like them either. But what I love is the relationship we have right. after those conversations. Yes, the depth, the truth, the and, transparency. And that is the invitation between you and God. And that's, I think, a, such a great way maybe to finish our time today yes. together. Is, first of all, an invitation, but, and, and then I want to pray. So let's talk about that invitation. The invitation is for you today, all of us, wherever we're at, to recognize there's a gap and to be okay with that gap, to, 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 not, to, not, um, to not shame ourselves mm. about that gap, right. but to realize that gap is, can actually be the point uh, the, the, the literal um, uh, like place on the map, okay? Mm. Like the Google <laughs> you know, locator where I meet with God. That is the meeting point. That's good. So let's, let's not avoid the gap, ignore it. Let's not try to justify the fact that I, that I well, here's why yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. Let's recognize here's the standard that we know we're all called to be at mm. through this missional life. Here's where I'm at. Oh, I've, I've just identified the meeting point between me and God. And Stacy's just read all these verses about how he wants to come in that yes. place and fill us with his refreshing spirit. Yeah, yep. and I just want to encourage you, even in this time of prayer, maybe you don't know exactly what to pray. And I feel, I'm just reminded of the image, you know, of a parent with their toddler who's learning how to speak and how this parent has just this unbelievable ability to interpret toddler language. <laughs> And you just get something out to God. Out of your heart, let there be some words. And they may not feel perfect and it may feel awkward, but your father has this amazing ability yes. to interpret what you're saying, to understand what you're so saying. So good. 
And the speaking out is just a way that you exercise faith that you believe God is listening and he hears you. Very good, very you good. You want to close us in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, thank you for your, for your presence that's with us now. You're, you're with every person who's joined uh, this message. And Father, we, we want to invite you into that gap in a fresh way today. First of all, open our eyes to see, yes, to see the distance. And some of us have already seen with fresh clarity through this chapter at Ramp Church, but we want to see every every single um, area in our lives where you're calling us on this growth track, Thanks. Lord. I, I, I just want us to pray like, like the psalmist prayed. Um, search us and know us. See if there is any wicked way in us and lead us in the way everlasting, the way that never ends, the way that has eternal, eternal fruit. And we, we, we want to invite you into that space. I pray that you would identify those meeting points yes, in our life. Lord. And Holy Spirit, you promise as we open our heart to you that you will fill us. Father, you fill the hungry. You feed the hungry. Father, you satisfy the thirsty, longing heart. And Father, just today, Father, in this moment, I just pray that you, uh, as people are just confessing their sins to you, confessing their shortcomings to you, confessing their areas of brokenness, that you acknowledge and that you uh, affirm to them that you are with them and that you are yes. receiving them as they're making fresh commitments, fresh decisions to follow you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to encourage you in closing, if you have made fresh decisions today, we would love to help you live out that journey. And so we have a, we, we literally have a form, it's super simple on our website, that's just kind of the starting point of that. Um, and it gets to a real person, it just doesn't put you into a machine. And um, so go to our website, ramp.church slash MCR, and look for that button that says, I have decided. Nice. Fill that out, we'd love to be in touch with you. Huge love. Ramp Church, and we will see you soon. Blessings on you.